Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 135. Uh, it is not the happiest of episodes, but it's also not the saddest of episodes. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm joined by my co-host, Stacy at, at StacyPan89. Stacy, what's going on? Yeah, not too fucking good, man. That's, that was awful to watch. Yeah, it was a pretty bad, ga- uh, pretty bad game. Um, but... Yep, we'll uh, you know we'll talk about it. We'll 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 hash it out. Uh, but we are joined by a not so special guest, uh, somebody who has been on the podcast many times before. We are joined by Tyrese London. That's at London's Theory. Tyrese, what is going on? Going good. You know, Knicks had a good game. They shot twenty four fifty four from three against the Magic. That's the Magic game we're talking about, right? Uh, not this one that happened today. Did something happen today? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. How are you guys? <laughs> Uh, I'm good. Uh, just so you know, we are recording this after the Knicks lost an ugly, ugly game, 110 to 104 to the Magic, who they beat by 6,000 points on Friday. Uh, Incidentally, which... the number of points that they let Terrence Ross score today. So, uh, I, I, I can't hear you. Uh, I said, incidentally, the number of points they gave up to Terrence Ross last time. Yes, also also that. Um, but uh, before we get started, I have to make the announcement of all announcements, uh, the one I make every single episode now. Uh, we, at The Strickland, have a Patreon now. Uh, you can find it at patreon.com slash The Strickland or on our homepage at thestrick.land. This pod right here, Pod Strickland, on Mondays will remain free. Draft Strickland is free. Alex, Zach, and Matt's mail.bag, which we'll be uh, releasing again this week, is free. Uh, and we will likely be adding another podcast to the lineup, which will also be free moving forward. Things that are changing, Pod Strickland on Friday with me and Prez, and my mailbag with Jeremy and Drew will be on the $6 tier and above. Uh, my solo pod uh, will be on the $9 tier. But the reason to actually subscribe to that tier is not to hear more of me ranting and raving. It is for exclusive weekly articles from Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best writers around in the Knicksverse. Uh, if you want even more access to us, you can join the $15, $30, $50, or $100 tiers, which include many benefits ranging from watch parties, sitting in on pod recordings, guest appearances on podcasts, and even hosting a podcast yourself where you can tell me I am a jackass. Uh, no matter what, if you are a Patreon or not, your support is appreciated. None of this would be possible without you. And we're going to start talking about the Knicks now. Uh, all right. So the Knicks lost 110-104. Uh, the only thing that I really... Uh, there are two things that I want to take out of this game. Uh, I mean, not take out, I guess. But uh, two things that really stood out to me about this game and about any of our bad stretches that have occurred uh, thus far this season, including preseason, just really shitty half-court offense like we are 
when the team is playing well, it's because they're getting out, they're playing with pace. And I'm not just saying like they're having, they're getting out of transition, but it's also getting into their offense faster, getting early clock shots up, moving the ball, making the defense work. There was none of that today. Uh, bar a stretch in the second quarter, the entire game was just, it felt like nobody wanted to run on the Knicks. Uh, it was just very, very stagnant. And then the second thing, um, like, look, it has to be said, I think Kemba is playing very poorly right now. Uh, some of that is, you know, he's got to develop chemistry with these guys. But some of it is just him being way too deferential to Julius Randle. Like, he cannot, we didn't sign him to be a fucking system quarterback. All right, I don't want him to be motherfucking Brad Johnson on the Buccaneers. Okay, we need him to 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 really, like, take the game. Uh, to the other team like Cole Anthony on him he should see that matchup and it should be fucking barbecue chicken for for four quarters it should just be I'm dropping 40 on this guy tonight and I I know that like we're getting him on a discount for reasons and you know he would didn't have the best year in Boston he didn't I, I watched enough of him last year where I don't remember him playing like this I, I don't remember him playing like this ever in my life where he's just like hanging out He's just happy to be there. Um, there's no, like, you know, uh, to quote Clyde, there's no fire and desire. It just feels like he's really, really passive right now, and he doesn't want to step on anybody's toes. And we need him to step on toes. We need it. Like, Julius Randle, uh, you know, tonight was one of those nights where he needed somebody to be like, no, go fucking sit in the corner. We're going to run a fucking set right now. Um, and he didn't do that. And uh, he didn't, he hasn't done that through three games. To be clear, I'm not necessarily freaking out about it, but I do think it's something that needs to be said and needs to be addressed because they, they, you know, they didn't sign Kemba to just like, you know, give the ball to Julius 30 feet from the rim and then space the court for him. Like he's got to start making plays. He's got to start, you know, being part of the process and not just kind of uh, being a passenger. Uh, so those are two things that stood out, and also just like really, really terrible lack of detail. Not even lack of detail, but just like very lackadaisical for, you know, handling Cole Anthony and Terrence Ross, who basically were the only reason the Magic won the game. Like those two guys going off in the first and second half, respectively. Um, so I don't know what the fuck that was about, but that's really collective shit defensive effort on those two guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess whoever wants to talk, go for it. Oh, all right. I, I guess I'll start. Um, yeah, it just felt. They felt really disjointed. I think early they tried to do the whole like dribble handoff thing and that really that wasn't working. Like Fournier had like a rough night. Um, I think Kemba like Kemba shot well, but like, he didn't really like play like a point guard. He played like an off guard, which is weird. Cause, like, I think they're trying to find a balance between like Julius running offense, Kemba running offense, and everybody's getting their touches in. When you have yeah, like four, and, and I think the yeah. key the key to what you just said right there is Kemba running offense and Julius running offense, not just. Julius running offense, like, that's the entire thing, right? Yeah, right. So, um, it's, like, it's hard because you have four creators, and it's not great on paper, but it's, like, it's always, like, a, a, a low-usage guy in there for a reason, right? You know, there's somebody who could, like, operate without the ball and just does a lot of catch-and-shoot stuff. So, you're trying to find that balance because four, four of these guys can, like, take it off the dribble. Four of these guys can shoot off the dribble. Um, four of these guys are capable of doing things with the ball in their hands. So, it's, like, finding that balance will be a little bit difficult. So, so sometimes, sometimes you just shoot 
28% from three, and you suck. And it sucks that it happened tonight because of the fucking magic, but I'm glad it happened tonight rather than, like, against, you know, the Hawks or, like, you know. And I think it's worth mentioning, um, like, they also did, obviously, like, they put up one... 16 against the Celtics in regulation and then 138 obviously in double overtime. Uh they put up what is it? 121 on the Magic on Friday? Is that correct? Um I believe I so. I, I believe yeah. so. They put up 121 on the Magic on Friday and then they put up 104 tonight on the night they just played like like they couldn't shoot for shit. Um and we're still seeing like tonight they had 48 threes on 100 field goal attempts. So like they're they're definitely the memo has been received like we're going to shoot threes. But to your point, like, and and they mentioned this. Uh, actually, I don't know if you guys, I, I randomly turned turn on NBA TV after our game, and they were talking about our game, and Sam Vincent was talking about it, and he was like, he's like, yeah, look, like, shooting threes is fine, but, like, are you getting good threes or are you getting great threes? Like, are you, are you getting okay threes or are you getting better threes after you work the possessions? And I think today, and, look, they got away with it against Boston because they had a lot of those one-pass, zero-pass, maybe two-pass possessions where they just, like, you know, they, they were lazy, right? Like they, it was an okay shot. So they just settled for it. Um, they got away with it in that game Friday in Orlando. They just, they, they really moved the ball. They got out, they ran the floor. Well, um, it wasn't even just off of turnovers. They just in general were like, looked a lot more energetic. And today they looked really sluggish. Maybe the club, they hit the club too hard last night. Um, but like, they just didn't, you know, like what, they looked disjointed. Sorry, what's up? Did they hit downtown Disney too hard? I mean, it is Orlando, so I don't know what club you're talking about, but uh, I would imagine they were back in New York yesterday. Um, so I don't know. Like, don't they fly a day early? Oh, well. Um, I'm some. There's a couple of things I want to push back on. Number one, they shot 28 percent from three. Um, that's like still within a reasonable. Like that's not that is a bad shooting night. It's not like that. It's not explain losing to the magic bad. Um, the other thing is, um, so I mean, yeah, like they, that, that's not an excuse, right? You have bad shooting nights. That's an excuse for losing to some teams, not against the worst team in the league. That brings me to my second point. I would rather have this happen than against Atlanta. No, because we're probably going to fucking lose to Atlanta anyway. Um, like we're probably going to lose to teams like, like you cannot count on beating teams like Milwaukee Apparently, at this point, even Chicago. I mean, shit, even DeRozan could have done a better job against Terran Ross than the Knicks did tonight. Um, so, no, I don't think the Knicks are in a position to take games against, like, G League-level teams for granted. Um, and I think that you made a good point, Schwinn, about their energy. And I would counter with, um, you know, one of the things that gave them energy last game was the small ball lineup. Um, we saw that they were lackadaisical for large parts of the Magic game. The Magic game, actually, no, that's a bad point. But the game before that, there were large parts of the game where they were lackadaisical. They lacked effort, particularly on defense. And the counter to that was uh, was playing a small ball. It wasn't even a counter, uh, but you know we were missing depth in the bench. So Tibbs put in Obi at the five, and that seems to light a fire under the Knicks on defense that prevents things like Terrence Ross scoring 15,000 points. And we just didn't see that at all tonight. Well, I, I think, um, so I agree. I think that it's, it's pretty stupid that he didn't 
you, it's you not stupid. It's just, I, I get why. Look, there were two things that bugged me. That was one. The bigger thing was that Burks played 14 minutes in a row in the second half. And I tweeted about it. Like, I'm not going to say that that was stupid by Tibbs. This is not a – every coach makes mistakes. Just going to get that disclaimer out there because it's one that people don't seem to get online. But, um, yeah, I don't know why Evan Fournier wasn't in there. I, I think IQ would have done a better job on Ross. And maybe Ross was just on fire, so IQ might be the wrong answer there. But Burks was also just pissing away possessions on offense too. So, uh, yeah. But I, the, the, my long and short of it is I'm not going to – like like gonna rip tips for that, but I think Tibbs was wrong. I think there's a... well, I, I think Tibbs coached a pretty poor game today. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. Yeah. I agree. I think that the not playing Obi at the five at all, really, they did that for like basically two minutes, I think, in the third quarter, I wanna say. Uh and it was okay. It's it's not they didn't it wasn't like as instantly electric as it has been uh in the kind of leading up to this point. Um but it was okay and then he just went away from it. I, it looked pretty obvious to me Todd should not have played tonight. I don't care. Like, I'm not even blaming him. Like, he's probably been up for, like, the last three fucking days because he just has a newborn baby. Um, he didn't have anything. He didn't provide anything. He just was kind of there on the floor for 10 minutes doing nothing. Um, which is that was the opposite of what you're used to from Todd Gibson. Yeah, I mean, but... which is, again, it's fine. I think he just, you know, he's got to tonight, up. yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, I, I just think that, like, what made it even more fucking annoying was in Friday's game, there was a stretch early in the third quarter where we played like shit when they went to zone. Uh, we went small. We played Obi at the five or whatever you want to say. Obi, Randall together. Um, and the game sped up naturally. We got into we, we got into our sets earlier. We also were moving the ball a lot better. And the one thing Obi provides against the zone is he's always moving. So he finds the gaps really well. Granted, the zone did take them out. Uh, the starters struggled against the zone. Tonight. Yeah, the starters, starters because pros, the yeah. starters are playing in fucking molasses. Like, this is the thing. Like, Kemba and Julius and Evan and whoever it is, it doesn't matter. But those three guys are basically the ones that are doing most of the heavy lifting in the starting lineup right now. And so it is incumbent upon them to play with some type of speed and also to get the ball moving and get themselves moving and Right now, the only real synergy I sense in the starting lineup is between Randall and Fournier, um, which, like, they, obviously they have a, there's a natural kind of synergy with them, as we saw with Randall and Bullock last year, so that's understandable. But, like, Kemba and Julius, I haven't seen a single possession between them where they're, like, yeah, playing off of each other. Uh, there was one possession today. I think Kemba threw his first lob to Mitch today, so kudos to Kemba for that. Um I, I thought Evan in general today just played like kind of, I, I just think like Kemba played invisible today and Julius and Evan played like jackasses today and RJ did not have a good game, but I also think RJ is now getting into a position where like the possessions he gets where he's asked to create, they're not really designed possessions, like at least not tonight. I didn't think they were more like, okay, this shit that we tried initially isn't working. So now we're going to give you the ball and it's on, you know, figure it out, and he called Mitch for a screen or something, and you know, do whatever and he I, did. I think that's the thing too. It's one thing is there's a lot of people who are good with the ball in their hands, and the Knicks are figuring out how to make that all work. And I think to their credit, they're all pretty unselfish at their heart, but they're also just good at doing stuff. So when they get their number called, it's a little bit out of rhythm. It's not the same as being the guy, right? It's sporadic. It's um, 
from different kinds of situations. It's not how you would normally feed someone who is like your primary creator. And I think they're all having to get used to that. Um, and I think Kemba is having the biggest adjustment because, I mean, it, I mean, in, it, this is the first time. It, I mean, Boston was the first time he wasn't the best player on his team. Uh, but even in Boston, he was he had a heavy load. I think it's been made clear that you are here to facilitate. You're not, a, you know, the main guy. And I think to his credit, he's trying to do that. But there's obviously some growing pains. So yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I don't even think like they're telling him to like we know Tibbs Tibbs wants his point guards to like score the ball that has been the case literally everywhere he's been he traded he got rid of Ricky Rubio basically because I'm not saying it's them telling him though I think he'll Kemba probably himself realizes that he's trying to he doesn't want this to he doesn't want it to be a thing where it's like is it my team or Julius's team right right? but like and my thing is like Kemba needs to play like Kemba he cannot try to be you know like Derek Rose Plays like Derrick Rose. Like, does that mean that sometimes he misses passes he should make or, you you know, he takes too many shots? Sure, that's part of it, 100%. But he plays like Derrick Rose. Kemba needs to play like Kemba Walker. He doesn't need to play like George fucking Hill. He doesn't need to play like, you Frank know. Frank Yeah, he doesn't. Like, he, he can't play he like those guys. Um... <laughs> he shouldn't. He just can't play like those guys. And that's, and that's fine because I don't want him to play like those guys. I want him to play like Kemba Walker. Everybody should want him to play like Kemba Walker and not play. And like, you know, we were talking about this in the discord after the game, but it's like, it almost feels like he's, he's playing so he's trying to like, he's thinking the game right now so hard. He's not doing anything off of instinct. And, and then as a result, it almost feels like he's passive and not playing with any energy. Yeah. Um, and like, he just got a fucking like, you know, what was that? There's that story last year, right? Where, like, after I don't know when it was, maybe like the first 20 games or something like that, Julius told Reggie, like, you know, you just got to fucking shoot the ball anytime we give it to you. If you're open, just shoot the thing. Like, maybe it's Randall. Somebody's got to sit, like, go to Kemba and be like, listen, dude, n- none of us want you to be, you know, captain check down here. Like, we did not get you, like, you're not here to tell Julie, like, to call out a play, throw it to Julius 30 feet away from the rim, and then go clear out to the other side. Like, you're here to make shit happen, so you need to make shit happen. And, like, let's be real. Like, he got fucking murdered tonight by Cole fucking Anthony. Like, Cole Anthony literally put him in a blender three, like, like for the entirety of the game. It, the entire game they were matched up, Cole just, you know, did what he wanted verdict, to do. And he didn't make it work. He didn't make Cole work. The- 30th best point guard will face this year, and that might be generous. So I think Kemba faces better point guards at practice. So that's pretty fucking pathetic. Well, that's my, that's my, it's like, but it wasn't even like a thing where I thought, oh, wow, like he's like, to some degree, Cole was just hot. And I think the team defense in general needed to adjust for like him shooting well, which they didn't do for a long time. Um, but I like, I think there were, I mean, I think I'll give the magic. What I'll give credit for them for this is, um, you like the Knicks have made an active effort. Like last year, it was very much the conservative Tibbs defense. This year, you can see they want to run, they want to play faster, and they're jumping in passing lanes. They're trying to create events. Today, the Magic did try to punish them for that. Um, RJ got backcut a few times, and that's not a mistake he usually makes, but he's overplaying passing lanes. Um, 
there were other instances where the magic were just getting free lanes from the Knicks top blocking or um, playing an aggressive style of defense. So, I mean, I do wonder how much of those kinds of things played. And I mean, if it makes us more dangerous in the playoffs, it's worth it. But um, I think that affected the Knicks defense. I don't know if that's what caused Cole Anthony to go off. I think this is a thing now with Kemba where he it is what it is in terms of him on defense. Um, and they'll have to scheme around it. But the best way to scheme around it is for him to play to play with the way he can on offense. And he just didn't do that thing. Yeah, like that's my thing. He's like, he's got to make like Cole Anthony, any of these guys, like basically any point guard in the NBA on any given night. Most like, you know, they can go off, uh, right? Like, if you're not starting Alfred Payne, basically any other point guard in the NBA has a chance to play. Alfred Payne went off for 27 against the Bucks, but continue. Yes, exactly. Um, good times, good times. Yeah. Uh, but like, like, that's the entire point is like, okay, but you need to make him work on the other end. And he's not me, he's basically just giving guys a free pass right now. Um, and he, he's making it way too easy. And like, I don't even think, like, the, again, the defense to me, like he he looked fine on defense on Friday. I didn't have any any issue with his defense on Friday against the same fucking guys. Um, so to me, I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, he's just always gonna get killed on defense. Uh, because he was fine against Boston even too on defense. I didn't have an issue with his defense against Boston. Um, I like would, I would push back on that. I mean, he he got cooked by Nito in the preseason. Uh, I wouldn't say there's been a game where he's really been good. Shooter hit some tough shots on him. Shooter was getting space on him. Uh, the Magic were just a shit show last game, so I, I'm not ready to go that far. I, I think the pro it is a problem. I yeah, I don't really. I, mean, I, really agree. Figured, I think place. you figured it to be a problem, but like you, you hope that like his offense bounces out. That's the thing. Defense. Yeah, that's the best way he can. Fit. We're not. We're not getting Kemba Walker to turn into Patrick Beverly or something. Uh, we're just like make he he tries. I, I'm not going to say his effort is lacking for the most part. He tries and he gets charges. That's his thing. He gets charges. He'll like he'll swipe down sometimes in a savvy way. It is a little bit like Fournier in that sense, where Fournier makes a lot of, but Fournier because of his size can be more impactful in that role. With Kemba, the, the best defense for him is his offense, and if that's not working, or if he's too deferential, or if he can't, you know, figure things out, that's the bigger issue. Well, that that's kind of my point though. Is like I don't care, but like the defense to me isn't a problem if he's like I don't watch him play defense right now. And I'm like, well. We got to get him out of there. I watch and I'm like, well, this is a problem because he's not doing anything on offense. Like that is what is the problem. Um, like if Alfred Payton could have scored last year, I think we all would have lived with the shitty defense, right? Cause you've been like, okay, that's fine. Like at least he's scoring. So that's what you need. He has to score. And also I think like as a result of him not scoring, right? Like, I mean, what, what is his high so far this year? 11 points? Uh, I Fourteen, maybe I don't know. Like it, it can't be much. Um, it's it just like he has got to be a scorer. Like that is the entire point. And you know, with, the thing is, if he's not scoring, he's not unlocking anything else for anybody either. That's the problem because he's not like some amazing instinctual passer, right? He's not like some high level playmaking guard who's going to give you twelve assists. At, you know, even if he, he has to score to open up other things. And so, if he's not looking to score, he's not opening up anything really. He's not doing anything. He's just kind of operating as a floor spacer to that point. Uh, and like, you know, he hit a shot. Uh, I want to say in the in the third quarter, he hit a three off of maybe it was either a kickout or an offensive rebound. I don't remember. Um, next time down the floor, 
he runs a pick and roll, and it's like he like barely he didn't even want to look like a threat. And then he he had a layup in the third quarter too, where it looked like he had an open lane, and it almost he almost fucked it up because it looked like he didn't want to take the layup. Like nobody was even challenging him, and it just looked like he didn't want to take it. It was fucking bizarre. Um, he's got to figure it out. He's got to he's got to find his confidence. I'm not sure what is taking away from it, but like, look, I playing at home is weird. Playing for your hometown team is weird. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces here. It's been three games uh, in the regular season anyway. I I do think his relationship with Julius. Uh, I'm not talking about their personal relationship. I'm sure it's fine, uh, but their encore relationship is part of it. Like. I think it is telling that his best performance, I think, including the preseason, was that game against Washington when Julius didn't play. Um, I think that 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 telling, like it, it says something, I think it because he didn't have the, to. Uh, and the Pacers, I feel before. Well, he, and he he also had. I mean, he start he had a good game last game against the Magic, right? He started very hot. So yeah, but I I don't think it's like it wasn't a float. Like even the Pacers game, that first preseason game, the offense didn't flow. They just like made shots. And yes, like last game against the Magic, um, like the offense didn't flow. They just started the game making shots. If you really look at the, if you look at the box score again, I, plus minus doesn't tell you anything. Kemba was the only starter with a minus in that game. Uh, he also like that started the third quarter in that game. The Knicks looked like shit. Their offense had the same problems that it had today, where they just couldn't get into anything. Everything turned into ISOs. Uh, they were, you know, t- like they were getting into the offense with 15, 14 seconds left. Like. These problems have been consistent, and they all involve Kemba Walker not really taking control of the situation, which is like really what we need from him. Um, it would be like I, I would feel better actually if he just shot like two of seventeen from the field, um, because I'd be like, oh, okay, well that's just like he's gonna make shots more than not. But right now I'm like, are you just like what's happening here? Because Whatever his issues were last season, I don't think his issue was ever like this. Like I don't know. I I, I can't say I was watching a shit ton of the Celtics, but all even like all the shit the Celtics fans were telling us, like, oh, you're you're gonna be miserable. Like none of it involved Kemba just like being there and not like, doing Kemba time. not shooting. Like Kemba yeah. is just like he's not being, he's not being aggressive. You've never been like Kemba Walker is never aggressive. They'd be like, oh, he shoots two for seventeen, or like he'll shoot three for twenty. But, like, that's good. At least I'll take, like, good process. I want to say good process, but it's, like, at least that shows that he's trying to do stuff. He's being more active offensively. And just, like, the pa- him being passive does not make sense for this team. Well, I mean, what was that stat that uh, they had, like, Caitlin Cooper, a friend of the pod, Caitlin Cooper had in the uh, 538 article where, like, Kemba took the most early clock three or second most early clock, clock threes or something? Um, like, has he taken one? He yeah. had, I think he's taken like maybe one or two, but like it just feels like he. I just want him to like come down, come down the court, dribbling up the ball, come come past that court and just launch. Like I'd be fine with that. Like, just I want some... him to play like Derrick Rose has been playing. Yeah, I mean, then again, it took like Derrick, it took Derrick Rose like three years to get to that point, but like I get what you mean, right? Yeah, like dude, just fucking everybody else in the team is launching threes at will, and Kemba's like. I don't know, guys. Should I do it? I don't know. Yes, I've, been, I've been really good at this my whole career, but I'm not sure if I want to do it right now. It's uh, just, it's, yes. it'll be fixed. Though. I'm not worried about it too. Just, yeah, I, I don't. I I also want to make it clear. I'm not like, I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh my god, Kemba's fucked. It's just weird to watch him. Is all like, I just it 
definitely feels more mental than physical. Like he looks like he's actually moving better the last couple of games. Yeah, so, he definitely has been. So I'm assuming it's just some weird mental thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it in terms of systemic issues, I mean, Kemba, um, I honestly can't, it might have been you, Tyrese, but somebody said that um, in our roundtable that Kemba would be the, and if it wasn't you and if I snubbed someone, sorry, but it's, it probably, it's probably stingy. Wouldn't that blame stingy? <laughs> um, but it was Kemba was going to take 15 to 20 games to get um, in rhythm. Um, and you know, that seems pretty prescient because he is trying, and, and, and Randall is not the easiest guy to play with. Let's put the cards on the table. He definitely uh, he, wasn't tonight. He played like he, a fucking asshole tonight. Yeah, he, well, um, he made a lot of bad decisions. The thing that still annoys me is when he passes up an open three for a contested midi. It's like ball don't stop is in his ear. So, um... But I mean, I don't think it was like people are like he's selfish. Like I don't think it's that. I think he has trouble seeing the floor at times. Um, but I do think part of it is there's times where like there were times when it felt like RJ was going and they didn't feed him. Uh, I remember they were up thirteen and then the starters came in. And I mean, I don't blame like this is not a Tibbs problem, but I was like, ooh, you know, and and it, it it's it's felt like this actually since last year, and this is not a anti-Randall thing, but it has felt since really that Atlanta series, like when Obi goes out, it's like, damn, you know, I wish we had Obi in right now because he gives them some juice, and I understand his threes aren't necessarily reliable yet, but the whole team seems to come alive when he's in there. Well, um, he's he's act like, I, I, mean, I remember after that series, I like tweeted a lot about like, we needed to like, we needed players to play with more flow. And like get guys with skill sets that create flow, and I actually think like Kemba and Fournier, in theory, hundred percent are guys like that. Like you can definitely run flowing offensive sets with them. It, will it take time? Like yeah, of course. Like I'm not under any impression that it, it it was. I don't like that's kind of why I'm not super pissed about today because I just think like sometimes you're gonna have games like this where you just don't figure it out. Like it, I'm sure Tibbs was there in the fucking timeouts like move the ball, like, find the open man. Like, I'm sure he's telling them that, right? But it's like, you, you're, you it's like ingrained in some of these guys' muscle memory. Like, Fournier was the guy in Orlando for a while. Kemba was the guy in Charlotte forever. Like, it's hard to kind of find the right balance. So I, I'm, I agree. Like, the thing that Obi does is he just plays like that. Like, that's just how he plays, right? Like, he is, he's never, his best games are always like, it's not because we're just throwing him the ball and he's like going to work, right? It's because he is creating motion and action and guys are feeding off of it. Like that's why the bench with the bench today in the second quarter, they were great. And they were so weird in the fourth because they just like, didn't do any of the stuff they normally do. Um, but like in the second quarter, you could even see it right. Like before they came, before they went out, like they were just moving and the ball was zipping around and they were finding the open man and it was just like really nice basketball. And obviously it helps that like Derek Rose was just on a heater on pull up threes, but that's kind of part of it is like Rose is able to get those shots. Cause they're playing like that. They're playing with more energy. Like they're getting up and down the floor and all of a sudden Rose can take that shot because do you want to go challenge Rose or like you're kind of deciding, well, if I go there, then he's going to swing it to Burke. She's going to swing it to quickly. Or like, there's all these kind of decisions you have to make. 
whereas, you know, like to your point with Randall, Randall gets the ball sometimes and he's like, everybody's just waiting for Julius to do his thing. It's not just a Julius problem. It's also everybody else too. Like they've got like, there was one action today, right? Where I think RJ made the entry pass to, to Randall and then immediately cut and got a dunk out of it. But like how much of that did have, you know, that's not, it's like he made the cut and Julius gave him the pass. But how much of that do we see? Like, we don't see that a lot. Like, Kemba's throwing the ball 30 feet from the hoop, and then he's just kind of, like, meandering off to the other side. Um, him and Fournier obviously have some some good chemistry, but, like, it, it has felt a lot at times, like, to your point, yeah, even going back to the Atlantic series, where we're just, like, so reliant on him, and it's unnecessary, really. Like, it, it shouldn't be like that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, again, like, I don't think that's just a Julius problem. I think that's also it's on the coaching staff to like get players to, to make the right decisions. It's also on the players to just like read the game better. You know, like uh, you mentioned today, how Orlando took advantage of like us playing the passing lanes more like you, like the Knicks can take advantage of how teams are defending Julius, right? Like they, there's ways to do that. And, and they did, they've done that well at times this year. Uh, it's just something that like, it's very up and down. Uh, and you know, maybe, it'll all click on the next game or five games from now or whatever. Like I do think it's going to click. And I do think this offense is going to be awesome when it does. Um, but right now, like, you know, they took 48 threes tonight. How many of those threes do you think were like really good threes though? I, I didn't, it felt like in the second half, especially a lot of those threes were just, you know, bullshit. Like we didn't really create anything. So we got to launch up this three type of possession. Um, and a lot of that was to your point, like, not playing with energy, not moving the ball, players not moving. Just look like a very, like, you're, like, very much stuck in mud type of game. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I'm definitely more worried about the defense than the offense, but I do, I mean, yeah, I think that what worries me most about these kind of games is if the East is going to be good this year, and you don't want to finish seventh or worse, and you can't give away games against what is a glorified G League team at this point? Um, and you might say, well, they played better than that tonight, and the Knicks helped them out a lot. Um, and I mean, the TLDR for me, first of all, I, I would be remiss to say Mitchell Robinson, I thought was fucking awesome tonight. Um, yeah, baby, Mitch Stock. Mitch was awesome. Um, RJ had stretches where he looked good, but obviously a bad game. Um, I think in general, the we have a ton of these guards who are score first players um, and they're all trying to find their way. I think Rose has just been an incredible, I think Rose has been in so many different situations and had to reinvent himself so many times that I think he's adapted most uh, readily. But um, you know, we talked about Burks. Uh, IQ is obviously still getting more comfortable. Um you know, Kemba obviously is, is going through that in the biggest way right now. And even Fournier. I think Fournier has nice chemistry with Randall, but they still have been missing each other at times. Um, the, the Knicks do leave a lot of points on the floor, um, which in some sense is encouraging. Um, like in the first half, I think it was um, it was Frank Barrett, Jeff from the Strickland, who tweeted, this is the best passing offense I've ever seen from the Knicks ever, right? And I'm sure, you know, if you ask Fred from Fresh Meadows or other fans who watched those, uh, you know, Red Holzman Knicks, they would probably snort at that. But that's not without reason. It's just the fact that um, 
you know, um, it's a fact that the, the Magic didn't shoot particularly well from three. They got some good lucky calls, but like, um, this is not a game you can lose. And in terms of systemic issues, it's a tendency to devolve to when in doubt, Randall do something when they don't really need to be doing that anymore. And on defense, it's a tendency to, it, it's, you know, some of the struggles with perimeter D. And then, yeah, like when those things happen with a deep team, um, the thing is with great power comes great responsibility, right? So for, for Tibbs, he, um, you know, I think he's generally been good at it so far, um, but uh, this year, but tonight he wasn't. And when you see that teams are fatigued, they're not closing out, and they really did look fatigued in that fourth quarter, you have to be willing to push some unorthodox buttons. And I think he's shown that willingness more so so far this year than he has in the past. Tonight he didn't. And um, maybe that wouldn't save us. But um, on nights like that, uh, you need something like that in your back pocket. And I think the small ball is generally going to be that. But um, in whatever, in any case, we didn't see it tonight. Yeah. And the defense, it's good you mentioned that because it is easy to focus on the offense so much. Um, the defense has had like, some consistent things that I've noticed in the first three games. And like, I'm actually the reason I'm not that worried about the defense is I generally tend to think like some, a lot of these mistakes look like mistakes that are being made because guys are not sure of their roles necessarily right now. Like there's stuff in transition right now where you can just see that we're getting cross matched and guys go to the same player and it's like, Oh shit, I fucked up. Um, Kemba had one today. It wasn't actually Kemba's fault. Like he, he was picking up his man, and I forgot. Maybe it was RJ Hampton was coming down the wing, and he was like pointing at it. But then whoever was supposed to be guarding Hampton was on the other side of the floor, like doubling up on somebody who already had a defender on him. So like stuff like that, I see, and I'm like not too worried about it because I'm like, all right, that's probably just something where they'll figure it out. Um, you know, look, you mentioned Kemba's defense. Obviously, that's a concern. Uh, I'm less concerned about that because I just think like if Kemba figures out the offense, it'll almost that that's it. That's the solution. Um, but I also think that like their screen defense in general this year has been pretty poor as a team, not just Kemba or Rose or whoever in general, it just seems poor. Um, I think they're letting guards get into the paint uh, way too easily and, and not like, crashing down on them effectively as a team, making things harder for them. Uh, I guess on Friday they did a good job of that, but it just felt like on Friday the game was moving way too fast for the Orlando guards, and they were kind of their own worst enemies in a way. Um, and and look, like some of the stuff, like, you know, coming down to the nail, having, you know, like swiping down, all this kind of shit is like things that you would assume improve over the course of a season. Um, but they are things to monitor, and they're worth mentioning right now i also think that like rebounding uh, i like today i gotta say this because i thought it was really weird and i don't know if you guys saw this did you guys think it was really weird at the beginning of the game when julius kept like fighting mitch for rebounds like that was fucking bizarre and i'm like dude what is going on here like it was like two straight possessions where this happened yeah and like and i feel like it's happened a few times this year where we have guys fighting for rebounds when they're the only two fucking people there. And then it bounces um, out, or like it goes out of bounds, and like they yeah, get the ball back. It, it, it just went really weird. I don't know. Like, I saw that happen a lot last year, too. Like, I think Mitch got hurt in a particular point that like, I think he broke his hand because Julius went up for a rebound when Mitch went up for a rebound. At the same time, he, like, he straight up broke his hand on it. So, that's weird. Um, 
like I don't think it's too big of an issue, but it's just like you hate to see it like once or twice a game. You really don't want to see it once or twice a game. I just feel like this team has a lot of good rebounders, but like just yeah, just like, I think part of it at least like I'm not willing to. It is because they want Randall. Like if Randall has the ball, he can get up and go. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Also, he doesn't always get up and go, right? Sometimes he'll like hold it and he'll jog the ball up the court where it's like, you know, Russell Westbrook has been accused of this all his career. The difference is when Russell Westbrook gets the ball and a rebound, or Rose for that matter on this team, you can see they look like they're shot out of a cannon. It it scrambles the defense, right? Randall needs to do that to earn that kind of um, leeway, I guess. And as you guys said, it's a minor thing, probably anecdotal they they just I mean from the beginning they didn't seem focused. Um, after Fournier and Randall had such great chemistry last time, there were a couple of DHOs right off the bat where Fournier had Randall and it's a pass he's been automatic in making. He just didn't make and he like put his head down and did something else. So I, I, just from tonight, I'm not willing to blame that. But um, to your point on, on the Randall rebounding thing, he's got to earn that right to to do that, and that takes like being more of a force in transition than he's been. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you, and I do think that like some of it, I, I was actually I thought of it, I I I thought that exact same thing when it happened because I was like initially I was like what the fuck, uh, and then it was like okay yeah but like they probably yeah this is probably something they like have talked about as a team where it's like yeah look if, we, if Julius can get the rebound just let him get the rebound so we can go, um, and yeah I mean it just it was just very weird to me like it it just all felt like they were not on the same page for whatever reason. Uh, and it wasn't like a, you know, I don't know. I just, none of it, it all felt disjointed today from the coaching staff, like from Tibbs' decisions down to the players, down to whatever it, none of it ever felt together. Um, I didn't love quickly only getting 12 minutes. I know he didn't play great, but I didn't think like, no, I mean, I, to me, yeah, he, I thought Burks played terribly too. Um, I thought quickly was better on D. Um, I, thought I thought quickly was better on offense. Like he, I know he didn't make any shots, but like I thought he was like, sh- like he was doing more drive and kick type stuff. He was looking to pass the ball. I don't even know if he had any assists. He just looked like he was playing more within the flow. And to be honest, like I don't really blame Burks too much for the ISO Burks stuff tonight on offense because I think that's just what it was symptomatic of like our team play. Like, that's just what everything devolved into, right? It was just ISO various guys. Um, and he, he was part of that. I thought his defense was really bad tonight. Uh, but again, like, stuff like that on the defense, you know, like the, the Terrence Ross stuff, that to me just seemed like a very weird coaching fuck-up where it's like you come out of a timeout. They literally came out of a timeout after Rose makes that layup to cut it to a three-point game. So it's 89-86. And... Like, everybody knows, like, you know, you see what Orlando lines up in. Everybody knows exactly what they're trying to do, right? Like, you knew exactly what they're trying to do. They were trying to run, uh, you know, they were trying to get Terrence Ross off curl and he can shoot. And you can see it, and it's like, and you just see how Brooks is covering him. And that, to me, it's like, okay, so did you guys talk about this in the timeout at all? Like, was this discussed? Because Terrence Ross has already been going off at that point. Uh, and that's, and then, like, they ran the same type of thing the next time down, and I think Mitch, who I agree, I, I, Mitch, I thought was easily our best player tonight. Um, so I'm not trying to like this isn't like a fuck Mitch, there. but in that possession, like he didn't kind of come off, and Ross ended up getting a really easy shot, I think. Um, and it's just like 
those are the small attention to detail type of things uh, that were weirdly lacking today. Uh, you know, we have seen enough from Tibbs to assume that, like, maybe today was just some weird collective fuck up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this stuff is obviously worth noticing. Uh, and again, like, it would also be remiss not to mention that, like, in the first two games of the season, yes, there's also been signs of some of these bad things, but there's also been, like, signs of very good things, right? Like, this is not, like, all bad. I think it's important to, like, note that this is not all doom and gloom because we lost the fucking hideous, ugly game to the Magic. Like, Tell us also... Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, I think we've also done some really good things, and all of this is part of a growing process with a team. Uh, yeah, it's returning eight straight guys, but, like, you know, you've had Mitch out so he's this getting reintegrated a really bad team though like it, you can't stress that i mean they were struggling at time like they were just i mean how many passes did they just throw out of bounds dribble off their fucking feet couldn't run basic sets and yeah, i mean like i don't I, the thing is like atlanta got fucking destroyed by cleveland the other night and that was like a pretty bad cleveland team like this just i, I think early season nba early season any sport for that matter is usually pretty fucking that's when you get like the weirdest results because teams are still working shit in together. Um, there's an element of like coaches are trying to figure like stuff KP, out. Noah Nix did beat LeBron once. I remember that. So we destroyed them <laughs> like yeah. absolutely like random out of the gym. Um, we be, we destroyed the Bucks last year early in the season. It was like the second, it was like the third game of the season. We fucking destroyed them. Um, like this is the time of year where you get these results where like two months later you're like, can't believe that happened. Um, we lost a game early in the season last year to fucking OKC. You remember that? They were fucking dog shit. We like, got destroyed by them at the Garden. Um, they still like, had Shea, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they had Shea, but like... It, you I, mean, yeah, I mean, Shea... So, I mean, Shea would be the best player on Orlando by orders of... Like, I don't know if you guys were that impressed by Cole Anthony tonight, but... No, I wasn't. I just, like, I just think that, like, I don't... Like, I'm not that worried about it, to be quite honest. Like, did I see stuff that sucked ass? Yeah. And, like, am I happy they lost to the Magic? No, obviously. It fucking sucks. Like, fucking shitty-ass sports day. Um, but I, I watched that game, and I'm like, okay, well, do I think these are long-term problems that won't be fixed? Most of it I don't. Like, I, I mean, look, like, the defense on Ross, like, do I really think next time we play them that we're just gonna be stupid about how to cover him? No. Like, I figure that's just stuff that happen sometimes um like you get weird games and you know if you go through the nba fucking like the nets today lost to the hornets they got destroyed uh the hornets are obviously a good team better than Ish orlando Ishmith. yeah Ishmith was made good uh but the point being is just like weird shit happens early in the season uh so i'm like i'm not that worried about it but it is worth noting obviously like we're doing on this pod uh just the various stuff that you know, look, like, we can be honest, right? The starters haven't looked cohesive as a group together. That's worth noting. Um, it, it, I would expect it to get better. I think, like, the talent is obviously there. Uh, the theoretical kind of synergies between the, the pieces make sense. Uh, if there's anything I would probably most... Honestly, the thing I'm most worried about is just, like, RJ not getting lost in the mix a little bit. Uh, and even that I'm not too worried about. It just feels like 
again, that does feel all... like a little bit of a concern, yeah. Because it seems like I mean, you you just have to get when there's a lot of weapons, you have to get used to taking turns. That kind of offense. So. I mean, you should and, and, you should overreact to RJ Barrett not getting touches after three fucking games. <laughs> like some people that's what I want to do. He's not OG Ananobi's. So not even making the OG Ananobi joke. I'm just talking about certain people on Twitter. I am know. making an OG Ananobi joke. Respect OG Ananobi. Um, <laughs> 20 points in the first half, and then nothing afterward, but he still hooped. Um, yeah, I'm just saying, like, RJ will be fine. Don't worry about his touches right now. I like his process, though. Like, he's taking off the dribble threes, which I wanted him to do. It's like he's working on that. He hasn't hit any yet, but you'll, you'll live with it. He's been really. I don't think they look bad. They don't look bad like, either. Like they don't look bad. Either. They look. They look in rhythm. They look comfortable. I feel like he's taking them like decently in the shot clock. You know, like like some of them have been kind of like oh shit, plays breaking up. But some of them have been like okay, this is a design play for Arda to get a shot off here. So you like that. He's been way better around the rim and 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 in the mid range too, which is like I really enjoy. Um, I think the semi transition, like the faster plays they play at, and the semi transition has helped it a lot. Like, I think he needs to play with the bench a little bit more. Yeah, I would, like, I would like to see him in the bench unit, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know how much is going to happen because the bench unit is so good in its own. So, like, that would be a balance of the gap. There's just a lot of moving pieces here. And it's like trying to optimize everybody. Somebody, somebody might get left in the fray, and it probably will be already just because, like, he's just not there offensively yet. It's like Fournier, Randall, and Kemba if he ever wakes up. So it'll be a little bit weird, but like his process is good right now, and I do like the fact that he's still trying to find his game, and he's improving his efficiency in like other areas of concern. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of it is also just like, like you gotta like these guys have to like figure out how where each other is going to be at certain times, because like last year, if you remember, like basically we knew, okay. Uh, you knew the corner would always be filled. Like you knew, you knew kind of things how things were gonna be. And like I'm sure, like theoretically, the the principles obviously will remain the same. But you have to get used to playing with each other, and you have to like kind of be like like if Fournier knows, okay, if I put the ball on the floor, I know that I can swing it over. RJ is going to be in the corner, like he's going to be over there. I gotta trust him. Shit like that. I think it works both ways. I actually thought his passing today was pretty good. RJ's uh, probably the best passing guy on the team tonight, which isn't saying a lot because apparently nobody wanted to pass the ball today. Um, but I, I did like some of his looks. I thought he had a couple of really, really good passes to Mitch. Uh, and like, just let's just be honest, like they they need to use Mitch way more as a screener. Like that just needs to happen. I don't care who the fucking ball handler is. Kemba, Randall, Fournier, player. RJ, I don't give a shit who it is. He needs to be in screening actions way more. Way, way more. Um, because every time they put him in the screening action, I feel like they're getting something very good out of that. Yeah, like free Mitch. Um, I, I, it's surprising how little he's rolled, given the fact that like four players in the starting line can run a pick and roll competently. Um, he should not have five shot attempts a game. I feel like he should be around like seven, eight. Just like if a play breaks down, just run a pick and roll. Like what's stopping him just going pick and roll, go to Mitch. He'll finish around contact, probably get an one. Like, I like the fact that he's been efficient so far. I like the fact that he's been getting fouled a lot more, so his free throw rate has been up. But, like, he just needs more touches, man. Like, you have four dudes, like, you have two dudes on a lot of cable are, like, who are above average pick and roll ball handlers. You have RJ, who is there. Like, I wouldn't say, actually, no, three. three. I'd say three. 
Julius is probably the weakest one in the lineup, but like he can still run it. And then you have like you have Rose, you have Quickly, you have Burks. Like you have so many guys who go in pick and rolls. You've been running it for Obi. Like just run some for Mitch. Just like get him involved, get him touches. Plus he has like the playmaking element now. So like he's been doing a lot of like double passes. See if he do some some uh, skip dribble skip live dribble skip passes. There we go. Can use words. Um. So yeah, it's just like I want to see more pick and roll. I want to see more involvement of the, of the bigs in offense instead of just it being like same transition finish, same transition cut, screen DHO. You know. Yeah. No. No. I'm with you. Uh. It. <laughs> It definitely needs to get better. And like look, that's probably another thing too, where you just need more reps like together. Like you could actually see a few times today, um, where like Mitch is going to screen for the ball handler, but then Kemba is telling him to screen for Fournier so they can run like a pin down. Like it's just you can see that they're not they they're just not on the same page. Whereas I think with Rose, like they all they, I mean, obviously they all played with Rose last year. I also just think Rose is a more decisive player. Right, like he he's pretty like he keeps it pretty simple. Rose is gonna run a bunch of pick and rolls, uh, and if he's gonna give you the ball, he makes it pretty like it's usually off a drive and kick, right? He usually triggers the offense, and then we go from there. Kemba's a bit he's obviously he's always been more of a methodical player than Rose, right? Um, but you need Kemba to like I would prefer it if every single time he came down for like the first six possessions next time we play, uh, he's just like tells Mitch to set him a screen and runs a high pick and roll with him. I would be completely fine with that. I would actually love it. Uh, it. It might be a thing where we need to simplify the offense for him. Like, And this is probably something Tibbs needs to do. I think Tibbs needs to make it a point of emphasis to like get Kemba going. You know, like it needs to be something where it's like, no, like the, like, you know, you remember last year, right? Where we would start games very, very often by having RJ run that pistol action. And it was like, obvious. it was just, we just wanted to get him going, get him in the flow of the offense. I, I think it'd be a smart move to just like run the first two, three sets. And it's just like Kemba, you know, high pick and roll Kemba off a DHO, like just every, something involving Kemba that's designed to get Kemba, you know, either open for a three or, you know, create a driving lane to the rim. Um, something like that. I, I just think it needs to be more of a point of emphasis. Like he needs to get comfortable. And like, if he's a threat all of a sudden now, I think it just makes the game easier for him and it makes the team e- game easier for, for the rest of the team too. So it's just very, it'll be very interesting to see how this develops. Um, gotta say, Obi played awesome. The first two games, he got fucking his, he got his fucking soul snatched today by Mo Wagner. That was not pretty. Obi is going to be a guy who he is still a stiff. Um, he's come a long way, but he's going to get God on plays like that. I'm not too worried about that. Oh, I'm not. It was just gotta say it though. Yeah, I mean, shout out Mo Wagner. I saw him, fun fact, the when he was in college, he didn't do shit his freshman year. The first fat time I knew Wagner was going to be kind of good, he did that at the Garden against Marquette in some preseason tournament. Uh, literally that same play. Just took a dude from three-point line for a dunk. Um, but, um, but yeah, that was a little bit of a facial. Um, Fournier looks very good on defense, but he got badly cooked by RJ Hampton in transition. And some of that's just the fact that we are relying on Tibbs to... uh, Look, we were the third-best defense last year, and I think part of the thesis of the Knicks is that 
that had a lot more do to do with elite rim protection and Tibbs than it did to with um, you know, some of the guys we lost. So that's going to be put to the test, and sometimes can be ugly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do think like we're probably seeing a little bit of, like you said, the rim protection stuff. Like it's fun to make fun of Noel. We're all guilty of it, but like there is a value to to that. You know, like you mentioned, forty eight minutes of rim protection, right? Um, and can I can I just say also, yeah. it's we we sh- not to be that pod. The refs were bad tonight. Um, that obviously played a factor. Um, I've been pretty critical of the Knicks so far um, here and on Twitter. Like the refs were fucking awful tonight. Like, yeah, I gotta say that Mitch one where he almost fucking tore his leg apart. I don't know how that wasn't a foul on Bamba and Suggs. Like. That was ridiculous. I that was I'm all for play. the NBA's new thing of like physicality being allowed back in the game. I love it. It's great. Not so I'm not bitching about that. Um, I but just think that's that below was, the leg stuff. It's the knee stuff. Yeah, that was uh, crazy. And, and I mean, they got they got Randall with the flagrant one for hitting him in the head, which that's the thing. Like in in isolation, that's not bad. But yeah, like I mean, you had multiple issues. The Magic were trying to play hard. They have a couple of players, the Wagners being a couple of them, who like are those, you know, Greg Schiano type. Well, if you're taking a knee, I can still kind of charge type of. Mo is like that. Fra- Franz is less. Franz is a little bit better about that. And Franz, I mean, Franz is a better player too. Mo, Mo is a troll. Mo is like a fucking troll. That's literally what he is. He was like that in college. He's yeah. like been like that in the pros. And it's a lot more fun in East Lansing than it is in an NBA game. Yeah. So, and, and uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but anyway, like. But so I'll give the Magic some credit, but uh, they got away with that stuff, and the Knicks didn't. And to an extent, it probably got under their skin a little bit. We saw what happened with Wendell Carter and Julius last game, so that um, that seems to be a mental game. That at, at times it did look like you know Julius would get caught up in the one on one. There were there were multiple times you'd see Twitter be like, "LOL, it looks like this person is taking this matchup seriously," which uh, the Knicks really shouldn't be doing that against the Magic because your best strength is in the fact that top to bottom, you're way more talented if you get caught up in these one-on-one high-variance matchups and then you you, influ- you let you know emotions and shit influence what you're doing instead of just, you know, the right play you, know, you get in trouble. The, the, so, I, so I gotta say that Randall one they call a flagrant, I don't think that's a flagrant at all. I don't I, think that's I a flagrant. I agree with you, yeah. Like, he's not, to I me... I get why they called it, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't even think I don't even get why they call it because to me my understanding of a flagrant is like there has to be an actual like if your intent is to play the ball and you're actually making a play on the ball then you know it has like hitting him upside the back of the head like and not like it wasn't like he fucking punched him in the back of the head he like hit him with his forearm in the back of the head it wasn't like some huge blow that should not be a flagrant that's just like and you can look at Randall he's clearly trying to get the ball He's like the ball is there to be contested, right? Like he's trying to get it. He misses. Okay, shit happens. And if he misses, because Suggs goes up faster than he can get to, um, I don't think that's a flagrant. And if there was a flagrant in this game, which I'm not, I I thought this game was weirdly officiated. I'm not. I don't know if the Knicks got a terrible whistle. I just think it was a very weirdly officiated game. Um, but the one that actually should have been a fucking flagrant was Cole Anthony jumping backwards into Mitch's head, like. That is a much dirtier play to me because you're not one. It shouldn't have been a foul on Mitch. You got called for a foul. It shouldn't have been a fucking foul on Mitch. That's an unnatural basketball motion. 
And, also and he could have fucking yeah. He could have fucking concussed him. Yeah. Like that was an absurd call. I I think the Knicks should have challenged that at that point in the game. Orlando was pretty much like begging to lose. They were begging to have a reason to go away, and I thought they should have challenged it because it was a terrible call. It was also the second foul on Mitch, which you know whatever. It was bullshit. It was just such a terrible call. I think they just needed to challenge it. Um, I I I didn't. I I thought some of the physicality that they were able to get away with specifically on Mitch tonight was very annoying. Um, I don't mind it as much on like Randall because Randall plays like a bully, right? Like he, he forces that kind of action. So I can't hate it when they're not always going to give him the benefit of the doubt on stuff too. Um, So I'm, I'm more okay with that. But Mitch is like, you know, Mitch is a, he's a physical player, but he's not like, you know what I mean, right? There's a difference between how Julius plays versus how Mitch plays. Like, Julius is like a bull in a fucking china shop. Mitch is, yeah, he's physical because that's what you got to be as a center, but he's not running around like trying to like, you know. Yeah, he's not into. backing down dudes like trying to bully and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like I just thought it was very odd the way he was getting officiated tonight. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, the Magic is a pretty bad, it was a bad loss. It was a bad loss. I would rather lose a game like this early in the season than late in the season, though. I think, like, I think to some degree the Knicks needed, not needed, obviously you would have preferred to squeak out a victory like a, and have that serve as a wake-up call. Um, but I do think they needed to come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, and I, I think that, like, there's a lesson to be learned of, like, yeah, look, it's great that we want to shoot 40 fucking threes a game. I'm all for it. I'm very happy about it, by the way. Um, but, like, we want to shoot 40 great threes a game, right? Like, we don't want to shoot 40 threes. We want to shoot 40 great threes. And the first quarter today, I actually thought they got off to a good start uh, offensively. Like, the ball was moving. I thought we got really good threes, the ones that we did make. And then it just kind of stopped. And yeah, I mean, they just never that, got back into it. That first half, they had great passing. Also, 40 great threes would be a, a cool album name. Well, <laughs> that's, that's actually the next project uh, we're dropping at the Strickland. Uh, me and me and Stacy's first uh, studio album. Yeah, the the uh, forty great threes of uh, forty three chambers of uh, forty great threes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna make a some forty one joke, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, that was right there. Yeah. Oh man. What, forty what great threes to freedom. That was there too. So. <laughs> uh. All right. I mean, look. I, I don't know. Is there? That fucking sucked. We should never lose the Orlando Magic or make Cole Anthony look like an NBA player. So, yeah, that. that did suck. I hated most of it. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, look, I, I just think some of the some of the stuff early in the season with how he's managed quickly is kind of weird to me. Um, like he barely. I, I get why he actually didn't play him much against the Celtics. I'm not even upset about that. I thought that was the right call. I thought today was actually a bad call. I thought quickly should have stayed in the game more. And I thought, I just thought he punted on that bench unit way too fast today. Like way, way too fast. Uh, not going to the OB and Randall stuff was weird. I didn't like that. Um, have you guys watched Ted Lasso? I have not. Oh. Tyrese? I don't watch TV. Tyrese does not watch TV. Um, well, okay. Well, I'm going to say for the fans, maybe IQ is the next Nate from Ted Lasso. Um, Season one, integral underdog guy. Season two gets ignored a little bit, and you see a heel turn. 
Um, no, I mean, so as kind of the resident quickly stand at the Strickland, um, I haven't been too upset. I think he's trying to find his way. He's trying to balance playmaking with, um, you know, with being aggressive. Um, are there, I mean, he it's, it's, it, it, and it's, it's tough. Um, he has, I think he has bouts of, of indecision. There was a pick and roll he had early in the first half where um, he ran with OB and it's like, wow, how often do we actually get IQ OB pick and rolls? Was it the one that OB got called for an offensive foul? Yep. And the, that was... That's he needed a, one more dribble on that. Exactly. And that's something that I saw from Frank a lot. Um, and it works better with a guy like Todd Gibson, to be honest. Or a guy like OB also can make it work too. Um, but the reality is it's like... Um, it's like if you know a quarterback who throws a lot of checkdowns and relies on his receivers to make, you know, plays after yards after the catch. Sure, but if you take another dribble, you can get in that alley oop, right? If you wait another beat, or if you can throw it with enough arm strength, you can get your receiver a touchdown, like without having to run after the catch. And that's that's something IQ has been good at, um, but he's he needs that consistency. So those kind of things, um, you know, he took some transition threes. Most of them I didn't hate. The one that I thought was like his best look ended up being a putback from Mitch anyway. Um, I think, I, I, I don't know that, I think it would be reading a little bit too much into it to say, to start calling Tibbs on that. I think the reality is we have a lot of talented shooting guards. And um, and I think Tibbs has slit. I mean, that's just a tough thing for him to pay attention to. I think the more egregious thing is that Burks is in there over Fournier late. Um, I also would have, preferred IQ at that point. Um, but Ross has the size advantage on him, but Birch just didn't have it today. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it's going to take to get IQ going. It does seem like, you know, playing in garbage time helped him a little bit, which is not what you want to see. Um, but um, I'm not sh- I don't know if it's a Tibbs thing or an IQ thing. He was a little inconsistent last year. Uh, but, um, but that's something to monitor and um, I hope they. Uh, I was hoping that these kind of games are the ones where you'd like to start build his confidence up to be like, you know, if you can keep performing well in these games, keep your confidence up because we don't know which hand we're going to go with. There's a lot of guards, um, and we, you know, you have to stay ready. So it's a little bit of a difficult situation. I mean, he's a pro. I think he'll be fine, but um, I'm not sure I'd want to put that on Tibbs because it is kind of a tough situation for everyone involved right now. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I do. I do think uh, some of it's just like, like, yeah, quickly trying to figure out how he best fits in with this group too. Um, you know, like I, I think it's like a, it's a cliche, right? But it's like every year is different. It's not the same thing. So yeah, I think there's some of that going on with him, with with RJ. Um, I, I also think quick, like it's just. Everybody on this team benefits when their pace is fe- when they can get out and they play with pace and they play with more energy and they move. I think quickly is one of those guys for sure. Like it wasn't just playing in, in garbage time against the Magic; it was also how they were playing. Right, like they were moving the ball, and IQ was much better. He he even made like really smart plays in that game where uh, he was directing Burks, like he was like directing Burks to go over to the wing to open up the space for like an OB corner three on one of these possessions. I forget which one. Um, it just, it just like today just felt today fucking sucked because it just felt like it's like they played that game on Friday 
and I 100% expected the magic to, like, you know, you don't, you get beat like that, you come back the next game, you want to actually, like, you're going to have a reaction, right? So I wasn't expecting it to be as much of a cakewalk, but it just felt like, like, forgetting the, you know, that kind of desire and effort portion of it, the actual, like, decision-making from the players and coaches was so much worse. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think for three quarters, it was that game you just described, right? It's just more in the fourth when they were lacking energy. You would have liked Tibbs to go a different way. But, um, but I mean, in his defense, if you have the better team, you might say, just give me more possessions and the better team will win out. I don't need to panic. And, you know, it can be tough, easier to second guess that. But, um, but I mean, yeah, like, would IQ maybe if, you know, maybe this was the time for you to throw him in there where Burks doesn't have it and see if he can, you know, go off, right? Um, I think I think it was um, Jeff, you know, Frank Barry who mentioned this. I think mixing and matching, it's actually something I've been more impressed with Tibbs' willingness to do this year. Um, you know, he played Mitch with the second unit quite a bit. Um, but I think mixing and matching some of those lineups based in fit and continue to experiment that with that, um, you know, it, it just it get it, if you have ten guys, there's two. You, if you only play two lot combinations of them, that's very limited. But there's actually, um, you know, um, there's a lot of combinations if you pick five, ten, ten P five, ten C five. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a very good brown person. But there's a lot of different combinations you can use, and um, you know that. Not to say he should have figured it out by game four, and I think he's been willing to do that. But that'll be something to monitor. Is you know, I think IQ does well when he gets to play with Randall and RJ. I think um, you know, I think Rose does well when he gets to play with OB. I think Mitch and OB is something we don't get to see a lot of. Um, so those kinds of things you want to. Um, those kind of things as we go on, how does he mix and match better will matter. And those will have an impact on IQ too. Yeah. Uh, definitely agree with that. Um, I guess, I don't know. Like it, it's, it seems, it's really weird. I'm not going to lie. It's really weird to do a podcast about actual basketball now. Um, because we've like barely, the, the the season is actually here, so we're actually talking about basketball. I missed the theoretical um, podcast, man. Yeah, right. Like most of we've been talking about like fucking galaxy brain stuff for the last three months. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We're I guess we're like we're three games in. I don't know exactly how I feel about everything overall. Like I think there's definitely good stuff happening, but there's also things that need to be ironed out. And I think we saw a lot of that today. I think we saw like the worst of some of the kind of choices we've made in terms of roster construction and schematic changes rear their head today. Like, yeah, it's great to shoot a lot of threes. Again, are you getting good threes or are you just settling for threes? Um, like, are, you know, like Utah takes a fuck ton of threes, right? But like they're whipping the ball around 600 times. Like it's, you know, and that's what we looked like on Friday. Like, it looked like we were fucking Utah. Um, but today, you know, today it looked like, you know, a, a better version of some of the uh, wonderful, great Kenny Atkinson Nets teams. Where it's like, yeah, they take a lot of threes. But it's like, okay, but are they actually good threes? Are they are they really working possessions to, like, get good shots off? 
and it, it felt like pretty lazy today. I think I think to your point, Stacy, like when you have a lot of talent, it's easy to get lazy, right? Like it's easy to just kind of settle for, oh well, I can get this shot right now, and I'll 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 bring I'll bring us back into the game, or like oh no, Julius is going to bring us back into the game, or like whatever. Um, when really it always needs to be a collective thing. Um, obviously you have great players to to carry you in moments, but the entire game can't be like a it has it can't just be like a sequence of moments. It has to be sequences of team play. And I think today we just did not see anywhere near enough of that. Um, and it really like we basically played down to the level of our opponent, which was really frustrating to see. Tyrese, thoughts? <laughs> Uh, I think that 81 and one is still on the table. Um, I think that <laughs> people need to stop overreacting to one game. No, they aren't tired from preseason minutes. No, they aren't regressing. No, this isn't a lot of team, and we're not looking at Paolo Banchero. Relax. Um, long season, a lot of kinks to work out. They'll be fine overall. It's a bad game. They miss their shots. It happens to the best of them. It sucks to lose the fucking magic. But sometimes you gotta loosen the magic to beat the Bucks. I mean, this would be the worst game Tibbs has lost for the Knicks, right? No, no. There was the Wolves game last year, but they have Carl Anthony Towns. No, that that yeah. that loss was garbage. That was like he literally put Alfred Payne back in the game for. No we lost. We lost a thirty twenty Andre Drummond game. Like, come on. We but we the, also lost. I, I would argue Mets. both of those teams were better than this Cavs team. That's all I'm saying. No, 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 no. no. But like, no. I'll say this. I'll say this. I can understand, uh, like, I hate that this is, a, like, when you're as talented as the Knicks, there are nights where you're just going to play like jackasses because you're more talented than another team and you're going to piss a game away. That happens with talented teams all the time. Like, that shit last year, the Cavs one was bad. That Wolves game last year was literally one of the worst games I've ever watched. It was so bad. And, and it was bad because of the active choices that Thibodeau made in that game where he was like, Oh yeah, quickly is playing well. Time for me to close the game with Alfred Payton. Like, why? Why do that? Uh, and we did that. Like, there were there were. This is the worst game in terms of like expectations versus. Yeah, yeah. So okay, okay yeah. So I did say Tibbs' worst game. I would say this was the worst loss the Knicks have had since Tibbs was coach. That's my point. Um, I still can't get over that Cavs game, man. They had no Garland, no Sexton. They were starting Damian Dawson at fucking point guard, and Andre Drummond had 20, 30, 20. <laughs> I mean, like, if Damian Dodson had a chance on this team, he would have been the next, um, the next Jimmy Butler. Relax. <laughs> the next OG Ananobi. All right, say A one K. It's it's <laughs> just um. The... Wait, what you said? Sorry, I, I said all right, state NYK. Hashtag for the kids. <laughs> um. um, yeah. Look, I, I think. Uh, It'll be interesting, though. I will say this. like I think that there's a situation here. Not a situation, but it's like, depth is great, and coaches have to find a way to maximize depth. It's not always easy. Like Just having 10 good players is not easy. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this develops. I would also say, like to the point, we've, you know, we've talked a lot about Kemba on this podcast. Um, it takes time to develop the chemistry you need with teammates sometimes to find your place and find the balance of like looking for your own shot and helping and setting them up for theirs and, and all that kind of shit. Um, 
I would say like a team like Atlanta last year is probably instructive. Obviously, Trey is a much better natural, a much better natural playmaker than than Kemba is. Um, but it took a while for him to like really understand. Okay, I have Bogey, I have these guys on my team, and obviously it took a coaching change also. But like, I don't think the Knicks are gonna make a coaching change. Uh, just to be clear, I'm not suggesting that. But what I am saying is that it takes time, um, and, and it takes you know reps to kind of like figure out. Okay, how do I play with these guys? How, what is the best balance? And I just think Atlanta is instructive because of like you know they added Bogey. They added Gallinari. They had drafted her. They drafted Radish. They had drafted DeAndre Hunter. They had, you know, they had done all of these things to increase the talent level of the team. But it's not like they walked in there day one and it was just like, boom, we're a better team now, right? Like it, it took a lot. Uh, and then all, obviously, by the end of the season, they're like in the Eastern Conference Finals and they destroyed the Knicks in round one and they take Philly out in Game Seven in round two. Like it, it, it's a process. And I think Tibbs. You know, this is probably why Tibbs is he's a really good coach, at least in the regular season for this kind of stuff, because, you know, he's never going to get too high after a win like they had on Friday. But he's also not going to be like super low after a loss like this. I think he understands that it's all part of something. And ultimately, the goal is to be like the best you can be by the end of the season, not at the start of the season. Like you see this in the NFL, too, right? Like some teams start off great. But then at the end of the season, they're not the ones that are peaking. Shots to the Panthers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I hope Colin's listening. Fuck the Panthers. <laughs> what up, comrade? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, like, uh, that's kind of like, you know, I'm sure that anybody listening to this pod is probably like, wow, these guys are so depressed. I'm not really depressed. It's just a very annoying loss. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it's also worth mentioning that uh, there was a really big. Uh, protest at Barclays Center today. Or sorry, what is it? The Clays? Is that what we're calling it now? The Clays? Why are we calling it the Clays? That's what they're calling it on their broadcast. Jesus Christ. Uh, Sounds like a good name for Golden State's backcourt, but I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was actually interesting. I watched a little bit of that game before the Knicks game because it tipped off before. Um, As bad as the Knicks played tonight, like, they played slow, but they're not a slow team. Like the Nets look like a very slow team. They look old. Yeah. They look like really fucking like James Harden. Like I remember like four or five years ago when like Max Kellen Red talked about the Tom Brady cliff and he just hooted out cliff. That's what I think about when I think about James Harden right now. Like the dude, his ability to drive looks shot. He looks out of shape. He looks fat. And it's just like, he just settling for step backs and See, I don't even think he looks fat. I, he looks I, I fat, like, man. He looks old. He looks slow. He, he just looks, looks old. He looks old. I agree with that. But I don't think he's like like people are like, oh, he's out of shape. He's like, I don't think he looks fat. I don't think he looks out of shape. Like, I think he, I think people are saying that because he looks old. Like he's playing old. Like his first step is gone. Like his first step is gone. Like he was with Lil Baby and Travis Scott all summer instead of in the gym. And you can tell, like, he just looks slow. And it's just like, if James Harden is slow and he does not get in foul calls, what the fuck is James Harden? I mean, I have my opinions. I probably say he's, he's overpaying with um, rapper friends and a sense of uh, fashion. I actually kind of like the way he dresses. But, like, I, I don't know what the fuck James Harden is. He's going to be that slow and that old. 
you know. Yeah, I'm. It's just, but it's like, and he's not even the biggest problem though. Like it just, I just watch them and I'm like, wow, this team is, like. I, I just think there's so many games in the regular season, especially, and I think those are the Lakers too, um, who are currently up by five against Memphis. Four. John's going crazy though. Um, but like, there's a lot of games where I think they're going to play teams that are just going to run them. Like they're just going to get caught in transition so much because they have an older team, and like they don't want to run back. They don't want to like get into that type of game. And Charlotte today just they just ran it down their fucking throat. Like Ish came in the fourth quarter, destroyed them. But even before that, like even before Ish went off, like they were just running them off the court. There was actually one sequence I watched where somebody beat him down the court. I forgot who it was. They committed a foul, so they're going to the free throw line. I think it was Kelly Uber is at the free throw line. And you see Javon Carter yelling at James Harden to get back on defense. And I was like, I'm sure that's gonna go over great. I'm sure that Javon Carter is gonna be on the team and Hey, Mr. Carter. What'd you say? Hey, Mr. Carter. Oh, Tell me, where J- have you been? Jay-Z was at the game, too. I'm glad, I'm glad he was able to witness that. Um, this, the city is under new management. His legendary tweet. I wonder if he has... I wonder if he has reasonable doubt on their ability to uh, reach the finals <laughs> this year. Um, but yeah, look, I, I mean, I think they're obviously... I think they'll still be okay. They'll figure it out. Durant's Durant. I think Harden will probably, even if he has lost a step, figure out how to be less fat. Um, they need a shot in the arm. <laughs> Don't be all. Don't be all. Yes, we all do, but particularly, it seems like the Nets could really. They're old and they lacked energy. What? What did you think I was saying? No, I just. It's also like, this is also why I'm so happy we didn't sign Kyrie. Like. Can you imagine if this happened at Oh, he needs a shot in the arm too. Oh, I just Oh, I whoa. That, that was a double entendre there. I yes. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I would not want to be dealing with this if the, like the fact that this actually happened, they had a fucking anti-vax protest before the Barclays Center or at the Barclays Center before the game today. And I think they actually had to cut off in fucking Brooklyn too. That's yeah, kind of scary. Up, like they they couldn't let people in at a certain point because there was like it was just hard to get players in uh, or people in because of the, the protest. I can't even imagine what would like, I'm sure that played out. Like, look, that, I'm sure that played on their mind too. the players, right? They're not like oblivious to this shit. So God knows. So you that, could say that, that the players have reasonable doubt about Kyrie Irving and his antics. <laughs> Perhaps. Because I mean, he definitely laid the blueprint for, <laughs> for being an anti-vaxxer. So. <laughs> You know, with Cam Thomas, I guess you could say they have a big four, four, four. <laughs> I mean, well, here's a question, right? Who is the last person to tweet or social media irresponsibly and get a bunch of people to to crash a building or to protest like that? You know, maybe Kyrie loses his, uh, his Instagram privileges. I don't know. I don't know, man. But all in all, at the end of the day, they have to watch the throne. Because Giannis is on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, they will be watching the throne. And Kingdom uh, Come. I don't know. I, I'm running out of Jay-Z album jokes. Um, you might need to move your tracks now. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> the Dynasty. Rock La Familia. Can I get a Vax Vax? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I think this is a good place to end it. Uh, Alright. 
that's been a a wonderful episode where we recap a miserable, miserable game. Uh, thank you for listening to this. Again, if you have not, please subscribe to our Patreon. If you want, we would appreciate it. The support has been great from everybody. Uh, Tyrese, is there anything that you would like to plug before you get out of here? Uh, listen to Prez, Patreon Prez on Fridays by subbing to the Patreon. We love Patreon right. Prez. Very, very nice of you, Tyrese, to plug the Patreon. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, Stacy, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, I'll plug the Patreon too. Um, it's been a fun start so far. Um, so uh, it's going to be a fun season with, uh, with some not so magical nights. So. Yes. Uh, with, some magic- magical, with some not so magical nights mixed in, I think most of our nights will be much more magical than they we, were. we ran out of magic because we were playing the team that's sponsored by Disney. All right, that's enough of both of you. Both of you. Uh, all right, I have nothing to plug. Uh, I will also plug the Patreon. Uh, it is awesome. It is great. Please join it. You can also you also get to be a part of the Discord, uh, where we all just yell about the Knicks constantly all the time, um, and it's great. We also talk about the Discord winning and grinning. Yes, exactly. Uh, but that is our show for today. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys it. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. I hope we beat the shit out of Philly on Tuesday so that we can celebrate a victory again. Uh, I think that's the best place to end it. Uh, Alright, everybody have a good week. Take care. I will see you on Monday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.